If you're like me, you're always looking for new podcasts to add to your rotation. Well, I highly recommend listening to the Offbeat Life podcast by Debbie Archangelis. Debbie was a guest on episode number 71, where she shared how to become a location independent. So definitely go back to listen to that episode. If you want to get tips on how to make online work more sustainable, check out the Offbeat Life podcast, where Debbie interviews travelers who left their nine to five to become remote entrepreneurs. Visit theoffbeatlife.com to listen to her weekly episodes. All right, now back to the show. Welcome to The Thought Card, a podcast about travel and money where planning, saving, and creativity leads to affording travel, building wealth, and paying off debt. We are the Financially Savvy Travelers. A software engineer by day, Daniela Flores is a serial side hustler, entrepreneur, and the creator of the award-winning side hustle blog, ilikedabble.com, where she shares ways to side hustle online without leaving your home. When she isn't globetrotting, you can find her playing with her seven animals, hustling and working toward financial independence. We actually start off the episode talking about her seven animals. I was just really curious. How does that work? <laughs> In this episode, Daniela Flores shares how to create a lucrative side hustle, ways to manage all of your income streams, and how side hustling helped her take back control of her life, career, and future. Don't forget that in this bonus episode, which is available to our supporters, thank you again for all those who support the podcast and want to see it continue. We have a bonus episode with Daniela where she's sharing how to get started making money from your blog and also how and why you should include your side hustles on your resume. So if you'd like to support the podcast and also get access to our archive of bonus episodes from our guests, head over to thoughtcard.com forward slash join to become a subscriber. I so appreciate all of the support. We have quite a few supporters already, and it really just means a lot to me that you want to see the show continue. It means a lot. So thank you again. All right, let's dive into this episode. Hey, Financially Savvy Travelers, welcome back to the Thought Card Podcast. I have another fantastic guest for you. Her name is Daniela Flores, and she has an award-winning side hustle blog called ilikedabble.com. Before we dive into today's topic, which is all about lucrative side hustles, Daniela, you have seven animals. Can you share more about that? Yes, of course. My wife and I have two dogs, a pit bull and a lab. And then we have five cats, two tuxedo cats, a Turkish van, a tabby, and a tortie cat. <laughs> when we first met, we both had two cats. And then we found a rescue that we adopted together. It just ended up that way. So over time, your family just grew over time. Oh, yeah, it definitely did. <laughs> I have one. And Jada is literally a handful. So how do you manage side hustling, and also having seven animals? Oh, it gets interesting. I mean, just like this morning, I woke up and, you know, you have your pets wake you up in the, you know, crack of dawn before the sun comes up. And then you have them like these cats binging off the walls, jumping around everywhere. Or I'll be on like, I'll be on a call and I'll have a cat jumping on my computer. You know, you just kind of shove them aside. 
I love it. I love it. Okay. One last question about the animals before we jump into the side hustle part of the show. But I know you recently moved across the country. How was that moving with all of your pets? It was interesting and it was definitely a lot to coordinate. So the dogs came with us because they're great travelers. When we have an SUV sized car, they were able to have their dog bed in the back. You know, we stopped frequently to let them out, walk around a little bit as well as go to the bathroom. But for our cats, we were trying to figure it out. We were thinking, should we rent a van and do it that way? But then we found out there are some laws transporting that many cats or that many pets across state lines, especially with a rental van. U-Haul wouldn't allow you to do it. So we actually, for our cats, we had to hire a cat transportation service. It was called Happy Tails. And they helped us get our cats here. Wow. Okay. I will have the links to Happy Tales and all the resources in this episode, but I just thought that was really fascinating and a fun fact about you. So thank you so, so much for sharing. So Daniela, I'm excited for this episode because I admire your work so, so much. We met on Twitter. I don't even know when, but since we've met, I have definitely just follow your work and I just love all the things that you're doing. And I felt that would be the perfect person to talk about side hustling, especially right now. We're recording during the pandemic. And I think that more than ever, having multiple streams of income is a necessity. Let's be real. It is a necessity at this point. So I'd love again to share more of your story. And let's start off with how side hustling has improved your financial outlook. I know that you've paid off over $40,000 of debt, including some student loan debt. So can you share more about like, how you got side hustling and how that has helped you to really tackle some of your financial goals. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been side hustling since I was in high school. Of course, back then it was my less financially aware years, probably the worst. You know, a lot of people younger, you don't really know how to manage your finances. You're just trying to kind of get how it's all going with the first couple of jobs. You're just like, for me, I had to pay for my cell phone bill, my car, my car insurance, basically all the things I had to pay for myself besides I got to live at my parents' house. Thanks guys for letting me live there as a teenager. But uh, I mean, at the time I had such a spending problem that I would actually take on these side gigs to make my money back so I could pay my bills, which was bad. It was kind of a shopping problem. Back then I would go to thrift stores a lot or I would buy things and resell them. I also was a painter and I would live paint like at concerts and small art shows and festivals back when we were able to do that in the public, in the outside world. And then it evolved when I got older and I actually had gone through my first job out of college. I did not have a good experience. It was a startup company. The most toxic experience I've had working for a company was my first time, I guess, out of college. And when I had left that job, I took on freelancing, which really introduced me to the world of freelancing. From there, I freelanced for them probably for a year. And I still freelanced for them when I got my next job. And then from there, I'd always been like freelancing on the side. And then when I finally came up with the idea to do my site, it was originally supposed to be a DIY craft sort of geared site. And then I really honed down on side hustles when my wife and I were focusing on side hustles for ourselves and paying off debt, kind of getting our financial-ish together, kind of all just kind of syncs together then. Um, you know, and that brings us here today. I've done so many different side hustles from reselling online to live painting, creative side hustles, selling online to blogging, freelancing, you know, sponsored partnerships, affiliate partnerships and all that. I love that. And I have a very similar story where I paid off student loan debt. I paid off 63K. And I, at the time, I wasn't focused on side hustling. So that is not part of my story. Side hustling is part of my story now. But 
like five, six years ago, I didn't even know what side hustling was. I saw people who had multiple jobs, but I didn't know that side hustling even existed. So I love that you were able to funnel your side hustle money to paying off your student loan debt and also your your overall debt. And I know recently you purchased a home. So can you talk a little bit more about how side hustling has allowed you the opportunity or you know has given you the opportunity to work towards such a big purchase? Oh yeah, absolutely. So at first when I started my blog, a lot of that extra money was going towards my student loan debt, which was more like the last kind of debt that we paid because we did credit cards, hospital debt, my student loans, car debt. At that time, but paying on my wife's house because we are from Missouri and the house that we had there was actually hers originally. She bought it. And he, it was a long time ago, like 16 years or something like that ago. We got all the, like most of the debt goals down. We'd always wanted to move to the Pacific Northwest and we were looking for cost that would be like somewhat not too crazy because, you know, this cost of living in the Pacific Northwest is astronomical compared to somewhere like Missouri. We really love Northern California, but it was absolutely out of the question for price range. There was no way we could get it to work, especially trying to find somewhere that made sense around fire season. So that we could not find somewhere there. We really loved Northern Washington. We actually loved Vancouver Island. That's where we want to eventually move to, to be like our home base for the, you know, like the forever home. But the most cost-effective place we could find was kind of on the peninsula. It's west of Seattle. Is the lowest cost of living I could find in the entire Pacific Northwest. And it's an area that we do really love. It's only maybe two hours away from a ferry that we can go to take to Vancouver Island. It made perfect sense for us. We kind of knocked out those debt goals and other financial goals. We were in a really great place to start saving towards it. So it was the beginning of last year before COVID hit. They were like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to start fixing up the house. We're going to sell the house. And we're going to try to make this work. And we still pushed through it during the pandemic. It was really hard. And <laughs> buying a house cross country during a pandemic was definitely a new experience for me, but we, we definitely somehow made it through. I hear that. Just buying a house in general before the pandemic was an experience. I remember after buying my house, I was like, I'm never doing this again. Now I'm like, babe, can we like get a rental property? So I think you, you do forget. You forget about the trauma. <laughs> so yes, thank you for sharing that. I think that just, again, is a powerful story that over time you were able to use your side hustle income to pay off your debt and also funnel that now to savings and, and being able to purchase a home. So would love for you to share some of your favorite passive income side hustles. So passive income, again, is the cash flow that doesn't necessarily require hourly work forever. Like you have to work a lot of them. You have to work now, like you have to work to create that income, but then it works for you in the background. So I'd love to hear what your favorite passive income streams are. Oh, passive income is my favorite. And I love digital products. I love creating digital products. You do the work one time to create the product. There's very minimal maintenance unless you're force marketing to your email list or your audience. That doesn't take too much time at all either, especially with tools like Canva and the various email marketing tools. So you do the work once, but then you get paid for it time and time again. Of course, you know that as well with your multi-time published author. Passive income with digital products or products in general is amazing. It's definitely one of my favorites. I also love affiliate income through my blog, as well as through my products and my email list and ads on my site is another passive income stream that I have, as well as dividends from investments. But right now, all my dividend incomes go right back into my investments. 
Excellent. Excellent. So I love that you touch on a couple of passive income streams. Like if you're a content creator, there are definitely income streams like creating your own digital products, but there's also think about your investing. If you're investing in ETFs or mutual funds, or even your retirement account, that's passive income, right? Just because you're not pulling it out to pay your bills today doesn't mean that it's not considered passive income. So I'd love for you to touch base on when you're creating your digital products for your site or for your audience, like how do you come up with the ideas for what's the best thing to create and, and how do you know it's a success? Sometimes it takes a little bit more time than intended, but I spend a lot of time polling my audience. So I pull them either through email or on Instagram and I ask them a lot of things like, because they'll send me a lot of the questions of things that they want to see. So once I start seeing some of those, the same kind of questions pop up, I then like pull them all to see like, all right, is this really an interest for the majority of my audience? So right now, a big one is that my audience wants to see how to create printables a lot. That's one that they've been asking for since last year. And I created a small free resource for that. And I'm, I am aiming to create a paid resource for that. So if you pay attention to kind of like what your audience asks you, of course, if you don't have an audience, you can go to sites like Ask Socrates. And that's a site where, where you could put in like a keyword or a string of keywords. And it'll pull back most commonly asked questions online about those keywords. So you could use tools like that to see what kind of questions people are asking online about certain things and see what kind of resources you can create around those things. Like maybe it's a checklist, maybe it's a guide, some sort of diagram or mind map, maybe something like a printable or an ebook. You know, of course, you could look at courses too, but I think like smaller digital products are really great for quick wins starting out. I love that. I love that. And this brings me to my next question, because I think both of us, we have sites that are, are similar in that. We talk about various different things in the overarching theme. Yes, we have an overarching theme, but we do talk about various different things. So you talk about side hustling, but you also talk about managing your money, saving money, paying off debt, budgeting tips and and career tips. So how do you think through creating digital products when you have your audience maybe tapping your shoulder for different things? Is it a matter of just creating one product at a time to serve that particular segment? So I'm just wondering how you think about that. That's a great question. And one that I've actually kind of been struggling with lately is kind of how broad of different topics I have on my site and the kind of mixed audience that I have where like half is very personal finance and the other half is Pinterest and side hustles. So this is like, okay, how do I, how do I address you all? And you know, it's my whole audience isn't a monolith. That's for sure. So it is kind of just focusing on one at a time. I am just one person. I have some great help that I've been able to hire recently to help me through some of this stuff to get just some resources out to people quicker. If there is a need where there are a lot of people asking me for some sort of budgeting tip thing that I'm like, at the time, like right now, I'm really focusing on a lot of just side hustle content and small business, entrepreneur, sidepreneurs type of content. But at the same time, there's people who are like, I want more investing advice. It's like, oh, okay, well, don't worry, I'll get around to that. Maybe I'll get a blog post out because they can still support me that way because I can still make passive income from ads and affiliate links through that type of resource. Yes, and I loved your answer. And it's similar to mine, especially because like we both have full-time jobs currently. So time is limited and there's a lot of times we already have content in mind of what we're going to create. So it is a challenge to know exactly what to do next. But I always look back at my work, I'm like, wow, over the last two years, three years, I've published five books. That's pretty, that's pretty darn good. So I'm just going with it, right? Like, I think you're just going to continue to create over time. And some products would do better than others. And that could be like a bit of a, a lead for you to know, okay, this is what my audience is more interested in. So 
thank you for sharing that. Now that we've covered passive income streams, would love to hear what are your, some of your favorite active income streams. So these are the ones that you sell your time and skills for money. Yeah, so active income streams. I'm going to have to first give a shout out to my day job. Thank you guys for employing me because that is where I get my four. We forget that, right? <laughs> yeah. We forget that. That took me for a loop. I was like, you're right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> right, I mean, because thanks to them, I have affordable health care and 401k options. Unfortunately, we are in a place that, you know, we live in a country that that's where we can only access those things. But I'm thankful to be in the position to have access to those things, as well as, you know, good pay and other benefits like time off and things like that, you know, as well as other active and constraints with my blog. I do do freelance writing for other sites besides my own. That's like Flutus Awards. And I do some writing for CNBC as well. And then other active income streams would be sponsored income. So that's when we agree on a certain set of actions. Maybe it's a blog post, maybe it's a social media post or an email, sponsored email blast. That's active time being put in for that sponsored partnership. Sometimes there's active time going into for affiliate partnerships too, where you do a special kind of email, maybe kind of like it's dedicated to them, to that specific affiliate partnership, even though it is like passive income, quote, quote, because you are just doing it once and it's kind of being pumped out multiple times, people can come across it multiple times, and you're not necessarily working on it at that specific time. So sometimes affiliate income could be like either active or passive, It's maybe like kind of split between those two, it just depends on the kind of time you have to put in for that, that sort of thing. Of course, other freelance projects like design projects, if I'm collaborating with other people on their design projects, these are things that are kind of like outside of my blog, but people that find out that I do this work from my blog. And then in the past, I've done freelance web development projects, which I really did enjoy, but it's just nothing that I have time with now with the kind of schedule I have for my full-time job and my blog. Excellent. Excellent. So with all of these ideas and definitely head over to Daniela's website, ilightodabble.com for more, because I'm telling you, she has a wealth of resources and lists and opportunities. So how do you know if a side hustle is actually worth pursuing or not? Do you have like some metrics you use to understand like, okay, this is worth my time. Um, I also know that as a blogger, a lot of people reach out to you with like unpaid gigs. They're like, be an affiliate as a way for them not to pay you. So just would love to hear your thoughts on how you evaluate on which one is worth pursuing or not. That's a great question, especially with a lot of I guess these business opportunities that might come across your DMs on social media from multi-level marketing companies, MLMs, that's a big one that people kind of get targeted for, but I would tell you to stay away from those 100%. If somebody comes with you with an opportunity or a side hustle to start and it's something you have to invest something like $5,000 up front to start, don't do it. That's not worth your time. Someone's trying to take advantage of you. People usually tell you, you know, stay away from MLMs and Forex kind of trading things. Like if it's something that you don't understand, don't pursue it. If it doesn't seem legit, there's something that smells funky about it, then it's probably best to stay away from that. That's definitely like my number one tip. I don't like to see people being taken advantage like that and they get scammed when they're just trying to start a side hustle, you know, better their money situation. Do you have a preference for creating income streams that you own? Like you create the income streams and you have 100% of the profits or do you have a more of a preference for working for someone or working for an organization in service capacity? Do you have a preference for leaning which one or the other? I have a preference for, you know, 100% ownership. But of course, me saying that is I don't have 100% ownership of my income right now. I do work for a company as well for my full-time job. But that is because I do like my job. 
<laughs> right now. You know, it's not my 100% I'm going to stay there for the rest of my life. And people also probably wonder, oh, why hasn't she left her job for her side hustle yet? But for one, I hate that that's pushed out so much. It says, oh, start your side hustle and leave your nine to five. You don't have to leave your nine to five. No one's pressuring you to completely uproot your life to your side hustle. What if you just don't have it figured out yet? You don't have your finances in order. You have to think of things like your health care. What about your family? Do you have family members you have to take care of? My parents, you know, we have a sort of tradition like when you're, our parents get older in our family, they come and live with you. That sort of thing where I have to save a lot of money now to prepare for our future. It wouldn't be right for me to quit my nine to five yet. It just wouldn't line up with our goals, but it is something I'm aiming for, you know, in the next five years. And I think you hit on something that's so essential, especially like in the travel industry too, since I'm part of that, it's like, quit your job and travel the world. I'm like, um, that's cool and all, but there has to be other ways to do it, right? There has to be other ways that fit right for you. And personal finance is personal. Everything is personal. Everything's a personal decision. So it's all about, again, figuring out what your financial goals are, looking out into the future and seeing that if it's a viable next step for you. So thank you for that. And thank you for that refreshing thought about appreciating your nine to five, especially if you don't hate it. So it, it could be a really good thing for you financially. So with that being said, having multiple income streams, I think on your Instagram, you said you had 11 income streams. I don't know if that's up to date or not, but how do you manage all of your income streams to stay organized? Like, are you using a software? Are you using old school spreadsheet? Would love to hear more. Well, for one, with my side hustle income and my income from my nine to five, those go to two separate bank accounts. Right now, all of our money is still with our credit union at home. We are trying to find a bank to move our money to, but we really love our credit union at home and I'm, I'm sad to leave it. But, you know, I have our personal bank account and then my business bank account for my side hustle is actually both at that credit union, but they're just two separate accounts. So we have, you know, like our full-time income, all that stuff go to our personal bank account and our savings accounts. And then for my side hustle, most of my like, activities, basically everything, like even my freelance writing, that it was still coming in under, I like to dabble LLC and that all that income goes to that business bank account. So from there, you know, I manage all my side hustle income and like saving for taxes through QuickBooks. And then I always save 30% to the savings account. I just kind of move it over basically every time money comes in. And I used to be way better to keeping up with stuff and spreadsheets. And I've kindly totally fallen off of it. Everything does kind of link back into personal capital but not my side hustle stuff, really. <laughs> I definitely need to get kind of back on the ball and making sure I am more organized with it all. But I used to be a whole lot better with spreadsheets. I just I wish I had the dedication and the time. So that's very helpful. And I do something very similar, right? So I have a business bank account. I have actually two. So a checking account, that's where all the money comes in. And I definitely like to keep a little buffer in there for like, business expenses. Like you may want to get a software, go to a conference or have to do something, right? So you want to have some business expenses built into that account. And then I also have another account for my taxes as well. What I don't have is a software. So I've been doing spreadsheets and it's just like, ah, I have to remember to add it in every single, every single dollar that goes in and out. It's just too cumbersome. So my goal this year is to really get focused on that and to get clear. So I think QuickBooks, I've been hearing really good things about it. And I feel like they're, they've been around forever. So I will definitely be taking a look at QuickBooks. Now, do you think of like, you know, when we think about income streams, like one of them is like affiliate income. Do you actually keep track of like 
all of the affiliates you're part of and you track it meticulously or you just think of it as like one big pot like this is the affiliate pot this is the freelancing pot this is the other pots would love to hear your thoughts on that so I do kind of keep them all in one pot but there are specific ones that I do track way more than I do others just because like they're the higher paying ones like the high ticket affiliates I guess is what you would call them those are the ones where I I track way closer. There are a lot of these smaller affiliates that I joined when I first started blogging that I have integrated in a lot of my earlier blog posts that I still get paid from, but they are on these networks that I hardly ever log into. And then I log into it, like basically come around tax. I'm like, oh shoot, I have a tax paper for that one. I miss those, like these little tiny ones. Because over the time with blogging or, or being a content creator at all, when you start affiliate income, when you're beginning, try really hard not to just take every kind of affiliate thing that you think that works well for your brand. You're like, oh, that works, that works, that works. I use this, I use this, I use this. I want to promote all this stuff. Because then you like, it's really hard to stay organized with it going down the road as you know, your business expands, your brand expands, and let's say more affiliates do come in. Because then you'll find yourself come tax time and be like, oh, there's affiliates I totally forgot about. Yes, it could be very, very complicated. So thank you for that. Now, besides saving and investing, what do you think it takes to become financially independent? I know financial independence is something that both of us have in common. Like we're thinking about it, we're working on it. So besides doing the practical things like saving and investing, what are your overall thoughts on on financial independence and, and how you're moving in that direction? Well, this is a great question because financial independence is so different from person to person. And financial independence, when I think about it, I have to think about not only for myself, but I think about it for my family, you know, my wife and the fur babies. And well, then also my parents as well, even though they are very well off. I saw my mom take care of my grandma and grandpa and some of the things she had to do with their finances that it's like, all right, I need to be prepared when this comes time that I have to take care of my parents. My mom is very well versed in personal finance and she has been shoving it down my throat since I was a kid and just, it took me to my late twenties to finally get it. But it's like, it takes some of her example and it's like, all right, I do need to be really prepared for this stuff. So for me, it's not like I can reach like perfect financial independence, retire early in a way that like, I don't know, what are some of like the really big name fire people that are like, all right, you know, bare minimum stuff. Like they have like maybe a thousand dollar monthly expenses, that sort of stuff. It's like, that's not going to be me. It's kind of be a really multifaceted sort of financial independence, it's not going to be a one thing where it's like, I can boom, retire early kind of thing. It's like, well, that's why I try to build up so many different passive income streams because I want to get to a spot where it's like my money basically pays me, works for me. And when that does happen, I still already have all these savings. So if those do go away, I'm still fine. I have to prepare for all of this other stuff, which it does change a lot. It's changed a lot over this past year too. And kind of like where that plan is going. So I'm trying to, I guess, explain this where it's not like me brain dumping it, but to really, really sit down and think deeply about what your future looks like. If it is just you, if it is a family, what does your parents' retirement look like? Because if your parents didn't really think about retirement, unfortunately, that's going to affect you too. So you just kind of have to think about all these things as well as healthcare, because healthcare is a big issue. You know, when my full-time job goes away, how will we get healthcare? Because in America, we don't have something like universal healthcare. And I bought healthcare myself. I've bought health insurance in the past when I was a contractor and it was expensive. So, you know, doing that again, we'll just have to come up with a plan. Yes. I love that you touched on so many different things. It's like you said, it's a very individual decision. It's an individual path, right? We can get inspiration from others. We could 
see what others are doing. But at the end of the day, you have to really look inside of you, be introspective and be thoughtful about your approach and and how you're going to think about financial independence. And for me recently, like I got married, that changed the numbers significantly. And then we're both only children uh, and we're very close to our parents. So similar, similar to you, like I am open, like come stay with me, come be with us. Like that, that to me is, is really important. And of course our parents are doing fine right now, but you know, 30 years from now, what is that going to look like? You know, so there's just a lot to think about. And I totally agree. And I totally understand that. So thank you so much. Now, one of the things that I know that you recently hit published on was your launch your side hustle course. So can you tell my audience more about your course? What can they expect? And I did an interview. So I'm, I'm actually one of the bonuses there. So <laughs> please feel free to share more. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on and doing that short interview for the bonus section of the course. So the launch your titles, of course, is basically like the ultimate side hustle starter guide. You go through the course kind of brainstorming. If you don't know what kind of side hustle even start, it helps you kind of narrow down the side hustles you can start based on your skills or skills that you want to build because you can also build new skills with a variety of free tools online as well. We'll go through how to come up with ideas for products, how to test them, how to price them, as well as services, where you can go, like different networks you can reach out to for clients for those kinds of services. It is, you know, a little bit heavier on the freelance for the service side, but we still cover as much as we can. It is also more geared towards online side hustles, but we do talk about a little couple of ideas for offline side hustles for those that don't want to 100% dedicate to themselves online. We also have a two guest speakers, Amira, who's from aselfguru.com, she is one of the lawyers that helped me get a lot of my contracts together. So she comes on and asks a lot of the most frequently asked questions I got from my email list and social media about things like when you should start an LLC, what's an S-Corp, talks about a couple different like business structures, what you should and shouldn't worry about starting out because a lot of things you read online will get you kind of stressed out about like, oh no, I have to have an LLC. Well, you don't really. You can start out as a sole proprietor. Accountant come on and talk about taxes and we go through, you know, tools and resources to use, things like blogging, as well as our the bonus section where we talk to other side hustlers like yourself. Yes. Let me tell you, I'm inside the course right now and there is so much resources. How to open up a business bank account, how to set up a budget for yourself, tools and resources. You interviewed an accountant, an entrepreneur, entered a QuickBooks, creating a brand, your website, this is literally like has all the things, especially for someone who's done all of these things on her own, which taken six years. So this is going to save you so much time and you've done all of the legwork. So I will absolutely have the links to launch your side hustle in the show notes so you could check that out. Daniela, this was absolutely a pleasure to have you and for you to be sharing more about your story and also how you've been pursuing lucrative side hustles. Now, listeners, if you want to tune in and hear more about how Daniela has made money from her blog and how to include your side hustles in your resume, definitely join us over in the membership where you can support the show and also get access to the bonus episodes like this one with Daniela. So Daniela, please feel free to share with us how we can connect with you on social media, as well as more about your website. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter, 
And basically everywhere online is I like to dabble on Instagram. It's I like to dabble blog. And you can go to I like to dabble.com for more as well as any way to contact me through email. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Financial Savvy Travelers. There you have it. I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode, but don't forget there's way more where that came from. When you become a supporter of the show, you'll get bonus episodes, additional tips on affording travel, real-time updates, as well as strategies for building wealth and creating multiple income streams. Head over to thoughtcard.com forward slash join to support. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram. I'm at the Danielle Desir. Slide in my DMs and share with me your thoughts about this episode. What did you enjoy? What stood out to you? Let me know. I'd absolutely love to connect with you outside of the podcast. See you in the next one.